Good morning. It is Lauren Fletcher here with the Chamber of Commerce, and this is our fourth episode of the Commerce Connect. We have a special guest with us, Judson Nafee, uh, who has he's coming up on our year of serving uh, as a board member for the Chamber of Commerce and uh, is representing fourth generation of local grocery store owners. Yes. So welcome, Judson. Thank you. Um, good morning. And I know if you first want to start with a little family history, um, Funny enough, I'll start with this. Both my grandparents are Lebanese, so I'm 100% Lebanese. And next week will be the 100th anniversary of my grandfather on my mother's side coming over on a boat through Ellis Island. We were actually planning on going and celebrating that in New York. Needless to say, we're not doing that now. But um, uh, May the 30th was his uh, 100th anniversary. Yeah, both my grandfather's did not know each other, came over on boats in 1920. I don't know exactly when Oni came. I'd have to ask Joe or Jimmy when Oni came. Uh, my memory of, I wish I had 10 more minutes to get, so well, no, 10 more hours to get some of these facts written down that he used to tell us. My memory's not near as good as it used to be to remember some of the things. Um, but his father, uh, Joseph came over before that. Actually, the grocery business was started in 1910. Only came over when he was 12 years old. As one of the older cousins on that boat, there were a lot of cousins, Nafi cousins that were on the boat coming over. But uh, yes, I am fourth generation grocer uh, here in Covington. My dad is Joe. He started the store. He built the current location in Covington in 1962 on the north end of town. His friends told him he was crazy and nuts and that he should never build on that end of town. And I had pictures of that store. I still have them. I need to find them somewhere. And it was nothing but cotton all around it. That store was in the middle of a cotton field. There was wow. nothing else out there. And then, you, as you know, years later, you had IGA and Walmart and McDonald's and another Walmart and everything moved north. So, you know. Our current locations almost, and Kroger and Walgreens and everything else moved north of us. So we're, we're kind of almost in the center of town. I wouldn't say quite. We're still on the north end of town, but not near the, the end of town. And uh, then, of course, Walmart moves back to the south of town and flips down a little bit. But there's still enough on the north end of town. So, uh, And then Dana and I, my wife Dana, and I bought the Mumford location. Just the two of us bought it without my dad's help. Well, we had my dad's backing and signature and blessings and knowledge. But um, we bought that. We were 100% owners of that store in September of 97. So, uh, and we have since all of then bought my father out. We, we own both stores. Dana and I own both stores. So, fourth generation, um, Joseph, then Oni, then my father, Joe, and then Judson. And who knows what the future will bring. I just had... Two graduates, one graduated from college. My oldest child, Allie, graduated from college at UT Knoxville. And I have a middle child, Abby, who's a soon-to-be senior at UT Knoxville. And Oni just graduated from Covington High School this week. So, um, And he's headed to UT Knoxville. So who knows what the future will bring. I assume we have four or five years to figure out exactly where he lands or where Allie lands. Abby's a nursing student, so... Um, don't think she'll end up in the grocery business. We all kind of make fun of the differences in the three kids and the first one, the last one are mine and the middle one's definitely Dana's. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that's kind of our, our history as far as quick history. Um, I mean, if I wanted to get more detailed in the history, Oni's 
probably most famous stores on the square right here where uh right next to where buff city soap is now we have pictures over there floated around um white herbs was the basement of that grocery store where white herbs is and uh he was one of the first ones in covington to have milk in a grocery store because you used to have a milkman uh he was one of the first ones in the grocery store to have have refrigerated products um first one in covington to have shopping carts in a grocery store wow so i mean everything used to be if you remember looking at old pictures it's like old westerns i guess you'd say they they shop from behind the counter and, you know, they come and get scoops of sugar and flour and meal. And, and, you know, obviously the grocery business has changed a lot since, since then. So. And at some point later on, I'm told that uh, they were the first ones to have donuts and made them there on site and you could come by and get oh, fresh yeah. donuts. That was I'm, mom and dad. So okay. that was, that was oh, my, my parents. Okay. And uh, we put our first deli bakery in, in 1986 in Covington, we were preparing for Kroger. We actually expanded our store. The day we heard Kroger was coming, we we expanded the store into where the Dollar General used to beside the store we're at now. Okay, we've expanded twice since then, and, wow. and we've moved Dollar General over where Goodwill was. And so we, have, in 1986, we expanded, put our first small deli bakery in, and started frying donuts. And they were delicious. They were good old greasy fried. Nothing healthy about them donuts. And um, carried on that tradition right up until just about four years ago. We finally, donuts had just gotten so expensive and so labor, labor costly to do. People just did not want to spend the money on on donuts that, that we needed to do to continue to carry them. So, but yeah, we still have the Deli Bakery. So we've expanded that store in 86 and expanded again in 93, 94. Um, and, and I would put my deli bakery second to none anywhere around. We have great deli bakery in that, that town. All right. Growing up with a family that ran a grocery store, I'm sure you have some funny stories or what was it like as a kid, <laughs> the experience, hard work, I'm sure. Uh, you know, it's funny, especially during this quarantine time, um, I have 87 nights in a row with my wife in the same house in the same bed. Uh, normally I travel a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> my my kids say Duck Dynasty wouldn't have anything on us if they put a camera in our office. I mean, uh, it's it's good and it's it's been a great experience. I mean, everyone, of course, times have changed, but I would say just 15 years ago, every kid's first job was at a grocery store, and there are so many young kids in this town and and older than me now. They will say Oni Nafee gave them their first job or Joe Nafee gave them their first job. I'll never forget the lessons I learned from your dad in the grocery store. I hear that all the time. I mean, my dad turned 85 last week. We had a 85th birthday celebration and I still hear all that. As a matter of fact, we took, I put a picture of him on Facebook with his hat on backwards because we, we were joking around with him and, and I said, I think on Facebook, if I had a nickel for every time we told a high school kid to turn their hat around and wear it like it's supposed to be worn, we'd be retired now. Um, and I had a few people in the store this week tell me they saw the post and they laughed. Your dad told me to turn my head around backwards and I worked here. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the grocery store was one of the first jobs a lot of kids in a small town had. If it wasn't cutting grass, you, you're too young to work in a fast food because they have all the kitchen equipment. And, and grocery stores, you know, being a cashier or a bagger was, was everybody's first jobs. And growing up, it was all of our first jobs. And my brother, I have a brother and sister that, Neither one of them came back into the grocery business. I was the only one that came back into the grocery business. And uh, uh, we all 
were raised, you learn a lot. You learn about the customers. As Oni always taught us, and my dad always taught us, the customer's always right. Uh, that still pretty much holds true. I mean, the only bad business is no business, but um, we do have a different different times now, needless to say. Okay, well, thank you. Uh, so you've mentioned it was uh, 1997, you purchased the Mumford location, right? Yes. Tell us a little bit about the Covington location and that transition not long ago. So in 19, excuse me, in 2014, the store was struggling. It had lost a couple percent every year for the last five years. Before you know it, that's that's 10 to 15 percent. We're losing two to three percent and was becoming non-profitable and a trend in the grocery business. We're part of the largest co-op in the world when it comes to grocery stores. We So we have a lot of grocery expertise around us. We're not just, we're independent. We operate independent. Our stores are solely operated by us, but we have a lot of experts that are at our fingertips if we need them. And uh, a lot of stores that had our issues in the towns like Covington had converted to a low-cost format. And the best low-cost format that we researched was a cost plus 10. So we converted the store to cost plus 10, and, and it, it really saved the store. I mean, it pulled the store out, out of the ditch. Now, most, I like to say I'm a hybrid cost plus 10 because most cost plus 10s go to low cost everything, very little labor, no frills, no deli bakeries, no service as far as you're not going to get ham sliced at a deli. You're not going to get your bologna sliced at the meat department. You take it or leave it. This is what it is. We still have a full service uh, deli bakery, full service produce. We still make fruit trays. Not only do we make fruit trays, we've actually put on a seminar for our food wholesalers, uh, customers once our, our guide, our store did a produce seminar down in South Haven where they had another 250 operators there and watched how we did them because we sell the most fruit trays of anybody in the, in the food wholesale. That's impressive. I know the chamber with our events, anytime our business after hours, third Thursday, Christmas open house, we have events throughout the year. Napies is our go-to place for the food trays, fruit, vegetable from the deli. I mean, fried we, chicken. Fried chicken. We uh, know the quality. And I'll tell you about our fried chicken. Always a hit. In 2006, we we put in this Charlie Biggs fried chicken program. We were the first one through our food seller to put in the program. Uh, they had been looking for people for years, and 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 I finally met with the guys and said, you know. I think we can make this work. And at the time, we weren't doing fried chicken at night. We were just doing fried chicken through lunch. And after 2 o'clock, our delis were kind of boring, to be honest with you. There were no donuts. It was a place to go get sliced ham, sliced cheese, turkey, and, and maybe a little piece of bread but um, you know, or a loaf of bread. But there wasn't much going on. So we now have full-service deli bakeries you know, through the night, through the rush hour. And uh, our fried chicken program, we're, we're second to none there also. I, I mean, we're one of the bigger fried chicken places through our food or grocery stores through our food wholesalers. So. Great. So uh, give a quick overview. I know uh, there's a lot that sets your grocery stores apart. Um, share some of the points that uh, you pride yourselves on as far as the, the departments and, and the level of service people are going to experience when they go into a locally owned grocery store. Sure. So we're still... I mean, yes, we do a lot of volume in our two stores, especially now. Uh, but we still like to consider ourselves a small hometown grocery store. And compared to the other big box stores around, we are very small. Uh, but our customers, we've got the greatest customers in the world. They come in the stores. They know us by name. We know them by name. I mean, they, they one of them can walk up to the daily bakery and they don't even have to say what they want. And our girls know what they want. They get the same thing. And we have some guys that come to the store and we know every Thursday they're getting such, such size T-bone cut for them 
and it looks like a roast. And guess what? Even if we don't get the phone call, we cut it because we know they're coming. And they just forgot to call. Well, they eat a T-bone every Thursday night. You know, and something's wrong if they don't come in. <laughs> so right. we're we're uh we're a supermarket, but we're still your small town, small town uh, supermarket. I like to say we have exceptional deli bakery uh, produce and meat departments. Our perishable departments are second to none. We sell only certified Angus beef, and certified Angus beef is the highest quality beef you'll ever get in a grocery store. It's the quality beef you're gonna get at these fine steakhouses and you know the big cities. And uh, you can get just as good a steak at home as you can get at Ruth Chris or, or some of the nice steakhouses in, in Memphis or, or New York City, for that matter. Um, and it's going to cost you a heck of a lot more. <laughs> I mean, a heck of a lot less at, at the grocery store. Um, you know, we're, we've been doing all these studies for the last two months throughout this COVID-19. And, and it shows dollars spent for food consumption we're running about 52% through restaurants, 48% through through grocery stores in 2019. Obviously, restaurants have taken a beating and they have gone way down. There's a lot of extra dollars out there in the world right now because they're not getting wasted in restaurants as far as that goes. Two and a half dollars is what it costs. A dollar in the grocery store is two and a half dollars in a restaurant. So if you go eat at a restaurant, your average your average restaurant, you're spending two and a half dollars more than what you would spend in the rest at, at home to eat at home and spend it in the grocery store. And with the country going through the issues that the country is going to be going through, we expect the grocery store to thrive for quite some time. It thrives during recessions because people are closer to their wallets. And they understand one way to save money is not travel and not go out to eat and they can save money by eating at home. Right. So since we're, we're leading into that, uh, we said we would discuss uh, COVID-19 and the effects on the grocery store. I wanted you guys to hear a little history and a good overview of the grocery stores before we, before we discuss that. So go ahead and share. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's, so, it's no secret. You guys have stayed busy and just, Wow. It's it's been un, unbelievable. It's been incredible. Um, first and foremost, my employees have been there and they have stuck it out. I, I've had, I mean, the best employees in the world. They have dug in to the trenches and they, and they have done their job since. I mean, this hit March twelfth, basically. I, I remember doing a video for the stores on March tenth, saying, "I don't get the toilet paper." issues. We've got plenty of toilet paper. We've got plenty of hand wipes. We've got plenty of hand sanitizer. And everybody was out in the big cities. And I've learned a lot in the last two and a half months that hits the cities before it hits the country stores. And the cities have been getting wiped out for five days before it actually hit. It hit here on the 12th, 13th, 14th, and 15th. And I remember sitting there on the 16th, exhausted of March 16th and thinking, how are we ever going to get the store put back together? <laughs> and guess what? We still haven't gotten the store put back together. We, we, I don't want to say never will, but it will be a while before you see our shelves like we're used to them seeing, where you have all of your varieties of everything. And part of the reason is the manufacturers. Let's just take, and I'm going to make one up here and say Rotel. You go, you go through a grocery store in January, and you saw 10 different varieties of Rotel. You go through a grocery store now and you may see two or three varieties of Rotel. And that's because Rotel's cut their production down to what they can produce the fastest and what sells the best. And, and that goes to Clorox. 
uh, we've got bleach in both stores right now. Uh, in January, I had 40 different kinds of bleach, 40 different sizes. I mean, yeah, not 40. I had a lot of different sizes of bleach and flavors and, and different things that you, now they're making bleach and it's regular bleach and you're not going to get your spring mountain lemon scented bleach right now. I mean, you may, but the, the manufacturers have cut back their production to what they can produce fast because they're trying to keep the shelves full. So our stores don't look great right now. And, uh, and he says that I'll interject. He's saying you have less options, less variety, but overall compared to many other locations, he's kept a really well-stocked store. Thank I you. mean, we'll, we'll say that. I know and, that. And, and I, thank you. It. And I'll, I'll take that because we have, we've worked hard at it. Um, we've used resources. <laughs> My phone is about to melt half the time because I'm on it all the time working resources. The biggest thing besides toilet paper um, in March with it hit was the meat department. I remember looking at my meat department that first weekend and selling the last pack of chicken that I had. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I never believed this would be the case. Cause we were already at a, at a pork and there was a little bit of beef left and we sold our last, last pack of chicken. And I said, this is unbelievable. And my wife looked at me and said, we have nothing in the freezer. What are we going to do now, honey? And I said, there's food in the supply line. We're, we're not going to, this will be restocked when the truck gets here tomorrow. And sure enough, it got restocked. Um, for us, though, we did work a lot of, there was a lot of shortages from our food wholesaler. Our food wholesaler was doing, you know, 150% of their normal business for those first few weeks, and they couldn't keep up. So we've been on allocation ever since that first week, and as well as everyone else has been on allocation. They only allow us to order so many items for the whole store. But then on top of that, they'll only allow us to order so many Charmin, so many ground beef, so many milk, so many eggs. Um, we took that and started ordering from other people than just our food wholesaler. We bought eggs, we bought milk, we bought milk straight from Prairie Farms instead of buying it from our food wholesaler. We we're buying all of our private label milk through Prairie Farms because Prairie Farms ultimately produces the private label milk. So we just took that out of our allocation. We we, get, we were able to keep milk pretty. We were out a couple of times those first couple of weeks, but not for long. Eggs were a huge issue those first three or four weeks. The the week it hit, we had eggs right around the dollar a dozen mark, maybe a little bit more. Two weeks later, they went up to three dollars a dozen. My cost. We sold them below my cost just because I said there's no way I can do this. Easter was two weeks later. Well, today, eggs are back down to normal price, uh, but ground beef isn't. As a matter of fact, nothing in the meat department is. Um, meat department's going to be high for a while, and it, it all goes to production. It has nothing. The farmers are, are getting hosed on this deal. I don't know the right way to say it, but the farmers, God bless them, they don't deserve what's happening to them. The farmers are getting a raw end of this deal. Um, the producers have, well, they've had to close down their production because of COVID-19, and now... I thought this would have happened three weeks ago or four weeks ago where we actually were having issues getting meat and it didn't happen three or four weeks ago. And what that tells me was, okay, there was a two week supply line out there and coolers and trucks already on the road headed towards the grocery stores. There was that two weeks and then boom, a week and a half ago it hit and we started getting price increases and outages and couldn't even find certain cuts of meat. Um, it's going to be high right now. Uh, I do believe Meat prices will ease starting next week, unfortunately, after like Memorial Day. Um, but right now, it's it's old 
economics class that we all learned when we were kids, supply and demand. And there's very little supply out there right now. And there's a lot of demand. Now the demand's going to go down because the price has gone up so high. So our ground beef sales right now in the last 10 days have probably been half of what they used to be because prices just quite frankly, ridiculous. And we're embarrassed about it. And that's another one of those things that I'm selling actually below it cost me. I'm selling it right at my cost, not making a penny on it because I can't, I can't see corn up on ground beef. I mean, it, you've got some over $15 packs of ground beef out there. And even now you said uh, with these processing plants, they're open at 50% capacity. I mean, there's a lot of catch up. We won't see that yeah. the results of that until months later. You won't see it for, I think a couple of months. We're going to have high meat prices because so it's twofold there. We've got restaurants that have been empty for two months now are having to get restocked. They're having to fill their coolers up because they're starting to reopen. And the production is at 50% because they've now redone these fact, these, these meat processors where they're, you know, having to make them safer, which they need to be doing. And they just can't produce at the hundred percent level that they were producing at. So there's plenty of cattle out there in the fields. You can drive by all kinds of fields and there's tons of cattle out there. It's just not getting produced and shipped fast enough. And that's right. keeping prices up. I do believe prices, they skyrocketed. I mean, this is ridiculous where we are right now. I believe they'll start to ease next week. I mean, they've caught so much flack on the news. I saw Tyson said they were cutting all of their prices by 20%. Tyson's not a chicken company. It's a meat company. They, they have the world's largest, right. uh, they have the country's largest beef and pork packer. So we get a lot of meat from, from all of them. But um. I don't know if I mentioned this. I, I know I've mentioned it earlier to you. So when this all hit those first two weeks, we started buying our meat from the restaurant supply houses because they were all the restaurants were closed. And that's one reason we didn't run out. Like a lot of places were out of meat. We bought chicken, pork, and ground beef from Cisco and U.S. Foods and, and uh, Performance Food Group. And that really, it saved Tipton County because we had a lot of people come through those stores, those you know, first three weeks and they're like, we've been to Kroger. We've been to, well, I shouldn't say names. We've been to the other stores and, and they're out of meat. How do y'all have it? Well, because we work the system and, and the other companies only supply themselves. They couldn't go out and, and, and work the system, needless to say, like we did. Right. And you also mentioned, you know, it hit the, the cities, the more urban areas before it hit us in the rural areas. So you had a little more time to plan yes. somewhat, uh, Okay, so we briefly mentioned Memorial Day. What can folks expect this weekend as far as sales? And you've got your new ad. Uh, just so released. I'm glad you said ad. So one problem we have had is ads. And we're not doing our traditional ad that, you know, hits everyone's flyer. You know, we had the paper flyer for 100 years. And, and we're not doing it now because those flyers are planned weeks out. I mean, actually, the items are planned months out. They're finalized two weeks out. They go to press 11 days before they actually, you know, show up in people's mailboxes. And we can't, there are no guarantees right now. It's, it's like Christmas every day. We open the back of a truck. We're just excited to see what's on it. Uh, <laughs> so we can't really plan. And I'm actually, what we're doing is we're putting together some online ads. I try and do it when I know we're going to have the product, when I know where it's going to be guaranteed. And uh, I put together an ad Monday for, Memorial Day that's that's going that went live Wednesday that it went live Wednesday so we we were able to put some items together I mean we had ice cream we had buns we had ribs in it uh, let me look at it real quick if we got time but yeah we we've got 
Coke products in it. And we typically, have, we haven't had problems with Coca-Cola products. Um, but we've got some of your typical leg quarters. We've got some of your typical barbecue Memorial Day items um, at, at the best prices we can put them at. So. And you mentioned earlier, not that this is special for Memorial Day, but you've got plenty of the sanitizing products, um, paper uh, products. Or, okay, you, ha you have not, some, plenty. not the variety, <laughs> well, but you do have some things in stock. We have been getting hand sanitizer pretty regularly, just not not enough, and it's not keeping up to stock. We've got plenty of bleach right now. We have bleach in both stores. Disinfectant products. We have disinfectant products. Uh, we have toilet paper in both stores. Paper towels have been an issue for the last week, but... We get three to four deliveries a week. Um, and like I said, we never know. We order paper towels every delivery. We order toilet paper every delivery. We order hand sanitizer. We've actually, for the first time, gotten Lysol this week. It wasn't much, and it didn't last. But we first time since March that I've gotten a delivery of the aerosol can. Now, I have the concentrated can in both stores now where you can make your own Lysol, and it's very right. reasonable. You make That's nine neat. gallons for four bucks. So Okay. Wow. Uh, any summarizing thoughts or anything you want the audience to remember? Uh, we've heard a good history and good overview and of the four different generations and then the two stores and uh, how COVID is affected and a little little bit about the economy and how that's uh, what to expect the next couple of months. You know, I was just raised to love this community we're in. And, and as, as my grandfather and father always said, this is the garden spot of the world right here in Covington in Tipton County, Tennessee, and it, it truly is. I think we've got the best customers in the world. They have been so understanding throughout this whole process. They have been, we've had the greatest customers that go along with the greatest employees, and we've had two good stores that have handled this this whole situation. So can't thank them enough. We would be nothing without our customers, and uh, that's about that. All right. Well, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, we've got a Great uh, local business here that you just heard some information of. I learned a lot. I learned uh, listening to the interview. And uh, so thanks for listening to our fourth episode. Be sure to support local, shop local. Uh, you'll be listening to this uh, right before Memorial Day weekend. So take advantage of those sales and go buy uh, Nafee's Cash Saver, Cash Saver in Covington or uh, at the Mumford Grocery location. And tune in next week for the fifth episode.